What's going on, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 72 of the WorkPrints Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. As always, I'm your host, Rob, and I'm being joined by my favorite co-host, Bilal. What's up, Bilal? Not much, man. I'm glad to be back this week. It's been uh, it, it's been a hell of a two weeks. Uh, a lot has happened, for sure. Um, how was Vegas? Uh, Vegas was good. The company was good. I went on a guy's trip of sorts. One of my buddies is getting married, but he insisted we not call it his bachelor party because we had been planning on taking a trip anyway. Uh, of course, we used it as an excuse to our wives <laughs> uh, to go to Vegas and call it a bachelor party. The funny thing is, though, last time I had gone to Vegas was in 2009. So it's been 12 years since I, I last went, give or take. And when I went last, rooms were fairly cheap. Alcohol was fairly cheap. I mean, shows were expensive, but food was fairly cheap. Everything was affordable because they wanted you to gamble. Yeah. Right? I don't know if it's a, you know, trying to make up for lost revenue from when COVID was at its height and they were down in attendance. But Vegas is crazy expensive now. I is mean, it as crowded as it was back then? No, like, no, not even close. I mean, there's a ton of people. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. There's a ton of people. But the casino floors themselves are much emptier than they have been in the past. I got there the first day and I sat down to gamble a little bit. And I had set, I always set myself a budget when it yeah. comes to gambling. Where I'm like, all right, this is what I'm willing to lose <laughs> and be okay. And it's never a lot. I, you know, I just, I'm not, I don't love gambling. I'm not a big gambler, but I do it's, think it's fun when you're there, yeah. when in Rome, right? Exactly. And so my limit was 200 bucks, we'll say, which it really isn't a lot. I can fly through depending on what you're yeah. playing. I sit down, I gamble like 50 bucks or whatever. Then I realize I'm the only one of my group there that's gambling at all. So already that's not as much fun. And then we go out and we had booked like a cabana next to the pool so that we could sit, hang out, have drinks. And that I was willing to spend money on, you know, to have our own little Private. section. Although yeah. considering how few people were actually at the pool and stuff like that, I don't know if it was wholly necessary. The one good thing is that we did get a like server who took care of us mm -hmm. and got our drinks, stuff like that. Guess how much a frozen pina colada was from the pool? Oh, man, I, I remember in college when I first saw the price of alcohol and going, holy crap, why do people drink? All my money goes to video <laughs> games, so that's yeah. why I'm happy I don't drink. Um, if I was going to guess normally, it would be like maybe 8 to $10. I'm guessing like 15 here. So 15 is what alcohol costs at like an arena arena or a stadium oh, right no. which is expensive which is yes. expensive i'm that's like when you go to get alcohol that's one of the most expensive places you can get alcohol from 26 dollars. oh my for one drink for one drink was it like a big glass at least no oh no so like and so could listen, you even enjoy not, can, could you even enjoy drinking in that case by the time the check came around I was like, all right, so maybe I'm just going to pick and choose when I drink for the rest of the time here at Vegas. And literally everywhere we went for breakfast, for lunch, everywhere we ate, it was just crazy expensive. And my memory of Vegas is not that. 
Uh, another friend of mine who had been there more recently than me, he had the same experience and he was kind of shocked at what the, the costs were. I am not someone who's afraid to spend money. Anybody who's listened to this podcast yeah. knows that money burns a hole in my pocket. I got to get rid of it as soon as possible. For something like that, especially when it's because the you alcohol wanna, also, yeah. the alcohol itself also wasn't enjoyable because while they might have raised the prices on it, they are still super strong because yeah. at the end of the day, they are trying to get you drunk because they want you to go gamble. Like that's what all of Vegas is centered around. Even the hotel yeah. rooms you're in are aesthetically nice in the casinos, but they're not, they're not furnished for you to spend any time in there. They really feel like, okay, this is where we're going to sleep, get changed, but the casino floor is where we want to be, you know? Yeah. And so uh, I had a great time, luckily, with, you know, what made it good was the people I was there with. And so I, I had a, a great time. I don't think I'll be going to Vegas again anytime <laughs> soon, though. I will say Not, that. There's got to be, like, a tracker of, like, how much are drinks this weekend? No? Okay. Forget yeah, it. right. It's like the stock right. market. Just like. Um, yeah. That, that, that sounds nightmarish. Uh, I think the only similar situation I had to that was when me and my wife went to Switzerland. I had booked a work trip to the UK and I was going to go early and spend the day, like Sunday in um, London, just like seeing an urban. And, but I got on the plane and they're like, hey, we overbooked this flight. We're offering $1,200 to anyone who gives up their seat. And I was like, sold. Got that voucher. <laughs> we went to Switzerland. Landed in Switzerland and every meal was like fifty dollars. You want you want like a bottle of water, eight dollars from like a convenience store. It was and it's like you sit there and you quickly look at your budget and you're like, Oh no, we didn't we didn't properly budget for any of this. And that that's the that's the type of stress you don't want on a vacation. Um yeah. so I don't blame you for not wanting to go um back anytime soon. Yeah, no, it was one of those things where like I didn't gamble anymore because I was like, I'm gonna need this money for to eat to live your son and uh, a couple of years your son's like dad where's my college fund well there's this one weekend in vegas where i really needed drinks you don't understand yeah. i really needed them uh, but, but no like, i mean I, I still enjoyed the funny thing is the things i enjoyed the most were the things that didn't cost any money going yeah. from casino to casino and just seeing the interiors and there's a couple of new ones since the last time i was there just seeing how they are built out and stuff like that was 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 fun and it was cool i mean i like the idea of vegas right the spectacle yeah. of it all and i think it is a cool experience i would prefer um if i did go in the future and i was talking to my wife about this yeah i would i would set it up so that at least every day we're going to a show because that's in my opinion like the best part of vegas yeah. is going to see all these different shows but anyway enough about my trip why don't we go ahead and actually get into what this podcast is about and the games. I have a couple of games I want to touch on. I see you only have one you really want to talk about. You want to do yours first and then I'll, I'll run through mine? Yeah, no, uh, let's do that. So I played through Metroid Dread, which is from Mercury Steam's, uh, the developer that did uh, Metroid Samus Returns on the 3DS, I believe it was. Um, Nintendo decided to give them a new Metroid title, the, I think what they're calling the last one in the mainline Metroid series. Yeah, um, yeah, that is what they're saying. Uh, but I really hope it's not because this game was fantastic. Like, I know we've been talking about this back half of the year having a lot of good Game of the Year contenders, and this is up there uh, for it for me. Um, 
if you ever played Metroid or anything in the Metroidvania genre, you know what you're getting here. This is um, Samus. Uh, Samus arrives on ZDR. Uh, there's a they spot. You know, there's a report of a spotting of something called Parasite X, which kind of like consumes living organisms, organisms or dead ones, and uh, takes them over. So it's kind of like this um, parasitic uh, cr creature uh, that you need to stop. Any of you that tuned in for that one Metroid Monday I did know um, <laughs> know how difficult of a time I had with those that boss fight, and like I have to say. Since that was a, G a Game Boy Advance game, that was honestly really my only experience with the Metroid game. I played more Castlevania ones over the years, Ori, uh, uh, and Hollow Knight. I think in more recent years are like the um, where I'm more familiar with that genre. With that genre, yeah, yeah. But Metroid Dread here, it like it speeds things up. It, it's a short game. It took me about seven hours to complete, uh, according to the in-game timer. But I don't think it counts deaths. I'm, I'm not sure how it does that. I think I spent a little bit more time with it, but that game moves and it just doesn't stop moving. Like the, the pacing is fantastic. And one of the things I always said about Resident Evil 4 for me was like, that game was perfectly paced. Like I re each section was perfect. Uh, I By the time it came to its climax, I was ready for it to end. And that's the same the same feeling I get in Metroid. Um, and this is like, this is the first time I played through an entire Metroid game. It, and it's difficult. This is, <laughs> this might be the hardest game Nintendo has ever put out. Um, and I'm I'm happy for it because I know in the last podcast we were talking about the Nintendo Direct and we were talking uh, and I mentioned I think during the new Kirby game they showed I was like you know it, it seems like a game that you know I'll watch my son play one day or in the future <laughs> or something you know like, like, yeah. it feels more skewed to children but Metroid like the boss fights in this are tough like they remind me it's like it's like Mercury Steam looked at Hollow Knight boss fights and they were like that's what we want to do. You have to learn the patterns. There, most bosses have three phases, and like you have to be smart and patient. And I don't want to say it's Dark Souls level difficult, but like at times mm -hmm. I was like, that's a, that's a similar um, thing you can grab. But it, it, but I think it, for me it was more like Hollow Knight, where in Hollow Knight you learned each phase of a boss fight, and like you just got better with each try. Um, you know, as long as you're patient, you're learning from your mistakes. You got better and better and so last night i got to the final boss i tried it for a hour or two and then i was just like i'm just tired i'm just trying to rush through it at this point and then this morning or this afternoon after work i fired it up i think like two or three tries in and i was like okay got it <laughs> and it, it yeah. was solid um the game is great it gives you so many different power-ups and you get them over the course uh, of the game fairly quickly, like maybe every 15, 20 minutes, you're just like, either to get a new boss fight or a new power-up you're getting that unlocks new areas. There's a ton of collectibles to get. I think I finished the game around 39% items collected. So there's still a lot for me to go back to do if I wanted to do that. Um, some of the issues I do have is like the game has a double jump power-up you get. I think it's called like Space Boost or something like that. And it has to be timed in a certain way. You can't jump vertically with it you have to jump horizontally with it and so there's a mechanic in that final boss fight where you have to really use that otherwise you just take a shit ton of damage and so yeah. it just gets frustrating when you're just trying you're like hitting b the double jump or continually jump um and it's just not working because you're either not timing it right or you're not moving in the right direction and you're just like this is not how jump should work uh in the year 2021 <laughs> um but other than that it is it is a must play uh, in my eyes. Like if, if one gripe I do have 
is the on the Switch with the Joy-Cons, I think this game is impossible to play. I, it, I don't think it's comfortable because as soon as I got to like a mini boss or a boss fight, I was trying to move my fingers fast enough, but it's just like the button, the controllers, the Joy-Cons are small, the buttons are small, and so I found I had a better time either playing with the, the Split Pad Pro from Hori uh, on the on the Switch or... Which I know docked. we've talked about before, but that yeah. thing is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and like... They're so much better than the Joy-Cons. They are, and I was able to at least map like and one of the abilities you get is like a dash ability so i was able to map like it was on a but that required me to lift my finger and move it and i was like well if i map it to the back the trigger button the extra button they give you then yeah. i don't need to lift my finger and i was like okay and it made my life so much better uh in that regard and so i played it a lot with the split pad pro and uh the pro controller uh docked one thing i do want to touch upon is they really need to put out a switch pro um, the, I mean, the game runs great, but uh, if anyone's been following gaming news and stuff, one of the things that happened right before the release of this game was like the Nintendo, there's the Nintendo Switch emulators out there, and some of them actually upscale the game up to like 4K, and you can unlock the frame rates. So I gave that a whirl, and when I tried that for an hour, and then I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna buy this game. Um, there's no reason for me to <laughs> play it like this. Um, right. Well. There is, but performance, and it's like when you bump those that resolution up to 4K and you're playing in the hundred with 120 frames, it looks phenomenal. And I'm just I'm just sitting here wishing Nintendo would put out a 4K console or something just powerful enough to run, uh, or you know, yeah, just, just put out a 4K console. Like I love the Switch, I love what it can do. Or just please, just as great as that console is, it needs a refresh or a mid console cycle or something or switch two at this point, because it's really showing its age up against the PS five and the series X. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I don't even need it to be at the level of the PS five or the yeah. series X because it has the added benefit of being portable. But at some point the gap becomes so wide, which it, it's at that point for me where the fact that I could take it on the go isn't enough for me to want to play something that is, you know, um, cross-platform, right? That That is multi-platform, I should say. Uh, so it ends up being, yeah, it just becomes an exclusives machine. And that's a shame because, you know, I did just have that flight. And my flight oh, was, we had a layover, so I took two flights to get there, two flights to get back. So I had a ton of time to yeah. play my Switch on the plane. And it just stayed in my bag because I was... All I could think of was that I just didn't, like, I just don't want to play it anymore. It, that's what it kind of feels like. Don't get me wrong. I am going to play Metroid Dread. Unfortunately, I left the day before the game came out, and, you know, I wasn't going to try to download it over. You just preloaded it, man. Just preload yeah. it, then uh, hotspot your phone. Get it yeah, I mean, I guess I could have done that. Anyway, but, I will end up I will end up playing it, especially yeah. after hearing you talk about it and seeing your final playtime because you tweeted out earlier the screenshot yeah. of your final playtime and knowing that it is in that perfect sweet spot of you know seven to ten hours. Yeah, and so I am I am gonna give that a shot. Yeah, and I'm I'm really curious what you think of it. Um, I really hope it's not the end of Metroid because this I mean, honestly I, makes yeah, me want to play more. <laughs> yeah, I think nothing they said means the end of Metroid. Yeah. I think. It's one. Of, it's just that's the end of their arc that they want to tell. Uh, but 
they could say that and then go back on it. No problem. They could also yeah. start a new arc with Samus and look like be totally fine, you know, and not even address anything else. And so, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, she's a bounty hunter, right? And so you don't need connecting arcs, in my opinion. You can do one-offs and be completely yeah. fine. Yeah, I mean, and, you don't even... And, and where the story goes in this, like, I'm not a fan of Metroid, uh, like, I, lore or anything like that, but, like, yeah, I... Where the game ends up, I was like, oh, I like this. I, I would want more of this. Uh, I'm actually curious where this goes next um it, it was it was that kind of uh a fun twist and it's they do this cool thing with like the camera and the perspective like samus is a badass like when she goes in there and the some of the cinematics like she walks up to like a giant monster and just fires a missile in its mouth like it's, it's like it's it's like years of experience like mercury steam know what they're doing with that character and it's awesome um and i i just think i'm like Nintendo should be doing more with this. Like the Prime series, I think on the GameCube was like a good step in the right direction with that. But like they should be doing more of that uh, with Metroid. Like I, could, I was trying to think. Like imagine, um, like th they did something like like God of War. Like just <laughs> uh, I, I know that sounds ridiculous coming out of Nintendo, but like a reboot of something like that in fashion. Like I I think they could. It, 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 I'd be captivated by it because they they have a very interesting world, great character design. Um, and so uh, I, I really hope we see more out of Metroid. All right. Well, I can't wait to play that. Honestly, you've got me more excited than I was before to get going, but let's talk about what I have been playing. So obviously we didn't record a podcast last week, life intervened, things happened yeah. and we couldn't delay it because I left for my trip the day after. The one thing I was going to talk about last week was the second test flight weekend of Halo Infinite, where I actually got to try out some of the Big Team Battle. Big Team Battle has never been my favorite of yeah. the multiplayer modes. It's always been one of those things where if we had too many people, we would go in there just to kill time, essentially, just to goof around. Ho hope enough people leave that we can actually jump Yeah, we know. can it's go like, back it's to like, It's yeah. what happened there. Go back and slur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. However, I don't know if it's just the map that we were playing on, that they had it on. I am very into big team battle this time around. It feels more like a small battlefield experience mm -hmm. where it did feel like I was kind of in this war. I think part of it has to do with, yeah, how the map was laid out. It didn't feel in the past, big team battle always felt like a lot of open spaces to kind of let the vehicles take over and stuff. Yeah. Whereas this had open spaces for the vehicles, but it was more corridors. You know, you can maneuver through them and stuff like that, but you weren't getting decimated by vehicles by any means. Yeah. And, so did, I, and if somebody took an, a vehicle into the corridor, it was kind of easier to stop them too. Exactly. A hundred, a hundred percent. And I would say actually that the arena map that they introduced, which I, I, I like a lot. I cannot think of it for. Was it the capture the, the flag one? Uh, well, doing? you could play capture the flag. I think yeah. you could play capture the flag on it, but you could also play Slayer. It's the kind of deserty arena map where there there's a warhog and a ghost, and that one the vehicles felt more devastating than they did in Big Team Battle. I uh, yeah, I had a blast. I mean, I really really liked 
it, what was going on big team battle it was one of those things where it actually made me think that i would play it more often when the final game releases because it does feel different it doesn't feel like just a bigger arena what it feels like is i don't know if you remember but in halo 5 guardians they had that mode that i can't now i can't remember what it's called but it was essentially a big team battle with there was also ai enemies similar to what titanfall did right and it felt like a mix between what they had started there and what they had originally a big team battle it's kind of met somewhere in the middle and at a nice sweet spot i'm really excited for it um and i cannot wait for this game's release i cannot believe that i have to wait for the final release another two months though uh, like this feels like it's ready yeah don't get me wrong if it needs a time it needs a time and you know if it's going to be even better than this i'm i'm all for it imagine but, getting to like beginning of december and microsoft's like we need another month and i'll oh, be like no way no way just leave, like, listen take my series <laughs> x take it yeah. <laughs> just take it. release what you have now call it early access let me know what i'm getting myself into and i'll be totally fine Besides that, I also got Sonic Colors Ultimate from Gamefly. I'm, I, I, I never painted you as a Sonic fan. So I am. I, I have always, ever since I was a little kid, Sonic's actually one of the first games I ever beat was the original Sonic. Same the word. first console that was my console was the Genesis. Everything else had been an older siblings or a cousin or something like that. So Genesis was my first one. Sonic the Hedgehog the original was the first game I ever beat to completion i finished that game sonic 2 sonic 3 sonic and knuckles i have played almost every sonic game oh my god outside outside <laughs> of a couple i never played that horrendous 2000 sonic one? the hedgehog yes yeah. i never played that one i did not play the where hog one uh, black knight sonic unleashed unleashed sonic unleashed yeah. yes uh, I, yeah, I didn't play that that Sonic Knight one, Black Knight, whatever it was called. So Sonic a lot of the, the, Wii, the Wii era yes, ones. Yes, that era. <laughs> and so Sonic Colors, I didn't play either, even though at the time it was genuinely well regarded. Yeah. I have played the last couple that were released, uh, you know, Sonic Mania being, I think, the most recent. And I played some of Sonic 4 when that released a handful of years ago. So I was intrigued by Sonic Colors Ultimate because I had never played it and I had heard that it, it was pretty good at the time it released reviews started coming out talks started coming out about it kind of being a mess uh. and the port not being a very good one so i was like i'll give it a couple weeks let them release a couple patches and then i'll i'll get into it it's one of colors ultimate did, 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 did they not get it i guess like they did not i, I mean I, I know i i i, I don't know I didn't have like my problems with the game didn't feel like games that could like problems that could be fixed via a patch. Yeah. My problems felt like fundamental to what the game was. I the best Sonic games in my opinions are the ones that let you get into kind of a Zen flow, right? Mm -hmm. Where you are keeping your momentum, keeping the speed. I mean Sonic's gotta go fast. Yeah. Simple. Sonic Colors Ultimate feels like at all points <laughs> wants you to stop wants to stop your momentum to have you do something unnecessary right yeah. part of the gimmick in this particular game is that there are these wisps 
and depending on which ones you collect, you get a different ability. One lets you like burrow into the ground when you're near these pylons. One lets you bounce off of these diamonds. None of it feels good. Ugh. The game also does... When the game is running and in motion, gameplay is gorgeous. But they did not redo the cinematics. So now you're jumping from this super high-res, super polished, remade assets in-game footage to something that looks like it's from 2007. You know? Kind of or... like playing when I was playing Psychonauts and exactly. the came kicked in. Yeah. Exactly. Except it was more... The contrast was greater in this. Yeah. honestly than it is in than it was in, in psychonauts because one while the gameplay in psychonauts was was uprest it wasn't completely redone and remastered the way that this has been done so it's just so stark and you when you jump from one to the other it just it's just so jarring i usually give games the benefit of the doubt and give them some time before i fall off of them i played the first world and a half and just was not it wasn't even that i wasn't enjoying myself i was actively having a miserable time <laughs> I, and so I don't blame I, you. <laughs> yeah at that point i was just like all right this is enough's enough you found the nearest mailbox yep. so you just like chucked it yep. in <laughs> sent it in in the meantime now i am now playing although i don't want to really talk about it because i've only played a little bit uh the adams family haunted mansion or Mansion Mayhem game. That's a tie-in with the Adams Family 2 movie that just released. Did I'm playing that. Did that terribly? Uh, I don't know. I went and saw it today, actually, with my daughter. Oh, and I have a soft spot for the Adams Family and the Munsters and anything of that era and that genre. And so you, I, en you I enjoyed it. it. Child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it. My daughter enjoyed it. And so now we're, we're playing the game. I also have Life is Strange uh, True Colors. Okay, yeah. And But I have only played five minutes of that, so I have no opinions on that. What I have been playing, however, is I picked up Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl. I talked about it before on the mm -hmm. podcast. I was very excited for this game. I was worried that I was getting myself too hyped for it, <laughs> considering that at the end of the day, it is still a Nickelodeon tie-in game, and those don't have the best track records. Have you played any? So I got my, uh, so yeah, just an update on my situation. I got my Series X back and props to Microsoft, man. They put like a nice little piece of paper in there. Like we checked off all these things. I was like, none of that stuff was messed up, but thanks for checking. Make sure everything went properly. <laughs> uh, I came yeah. back. Um, so the series, so if you do send your console in to Microsoft for repair, uh, you're going to pretty much get it back factory reset. Uh, so I had, and make sure no accessories go in there because they're like, if you set any accessories with this, you're going to get it back in a different um, mailing. So thankfully I didn't. So I got it. I set it up and then I had to re-download everything. Best part mm. about uh, the Xbox, and I think Sony also did this, was like the app experience. Like you just sign into the app. It carries over all your settings and like all my pins yeah. and groups and stuff were there. Uh, my background color. So it's like minimal setup once you're in. So I downloaded everything but I was already into Metroid at that point. So it's on my list of stuff. I was hoping you didn't play too much of it because I do want to play this with you, but I don't want to get my ass kicked on stream no, yeah, over and so over again. I have, <laughs> I, have not, I have not played nearly as much as I would like to. I played a couple... Exhibition? I played a... 
maybe like an hour and a half. I played okay. through arcade once. Okay. The morning it released. And then I played some matches later on that night. But I believe this released on last Tuesday? Last yes, Wednesday? That, so that sounds right. Yeah, Tuesday, one of those days. Yeah. And then I was just getting ready to leave for my trip after that. So I didn't play much after that. And haven't played since I've been back, which I got back two days ago. And the reason I haven't played is because yesterday, the first day I actually got to sit down and play games again, I played... Oh, I well, hold on. Let me first talk about Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl. For those who don't know, it is a Smash-like... It is a platform fighter with Nickelodeon characters. I love this game. It's awesome. The online works super well. There are some things I think they need to patch and fix. Like, mm -hmm. for example, I remapped the controls. The standard controls on there are very similar to Smash's standard controls, where in this scenario, Y is jump, just the same way that whatever, you know, X is jump in Smash. I, it allows you to remap everything. So I have it set so that A is jump, X is light, Y is heavy, and B is special. Every time you restart the game and open it back up, those bindings are reset. And so uh. they, yes. So it's not the end of the world, but it is something that I wish they would fix and just let me set. Uh, if you use the elite controller, could you set a configuration to save that, those buttons? I mean, you could have a profile that just you have as the yeah. All-Stars Brawl profile, but then... Who wants to spend 30 minutes that, that Yes, <laughs> and also that, just even switching to that profile and stuff like that, I mean, it really does not take any time to quickly reset the key bindings because you do it in character select. Yeah. So I think that's why it's not saving at a system level because it's not in the options at the main menu. It yeah. is when you're at character select, you can go in there and, and change the bindings. It's not the end of the world, but I do wish they would just save from game's game. I have played with pretty much everybody on the roster. I think that. So, so confir as... confirm this. Confirm this for me, because I follow okay. some of the Twitter drama, uh, or yeah. around the roster and stuff, or in the tier list. Yeah. I'm hearing Patrick sucks, and I'm really upset about that because yeah, Patrick's supposed to be the best. Yeah, Patrick sucks. <sighs> yeah, and I heard but also that... is really good. Yeah, but also that tier list is changing. Right. Okay. So I think I think people had Nigel Thornberry pretty low at first, and then when they <laughs> played him and they realized that he was essentially Jigglypuff, they he has now risen a bit. I was watching the other day somebody was playing. Oh, who are they playing? They were playing someone that's generally considered to not be good, and they were dominating. Oh man. I I'm I'm just laughing because the sentence you just uttered, Nigel Thornberry is rising yeah, yeah. to the deal. It's like, yeah. <laughs> no, so nonsensical I'm you, statement ever uttered on this podcast, but it's great. Yeah, no, the tier list is definitely in flux. I know Oblina at first was considered kind of mid-tier, and now she's considered one of the top-tier characters. It's still too early. People are yeah. learning new strategies. Uh, the reason Cat Dog is such a good character is because his hitbox, his attack box is, is massive. Oh, okay. And so... The amount of range he has on melee attacks is is much bigger than like any other character. So he tends to win 50-50s. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, I'm having a blast. The most important, impressive thing and what separates it from Smash for me is that the online is flawless. It works so, so well. I've had no issues whatsoever. I know it has rollback netcode and it works the way it's supposed to, 
like you do not notice any disconnect in the in the gameplay. It is there is voice chat with friends or do you need to use an app? Well, so here's the thing is because it's available on all platforms, we're just using the Xbox party chat, Oof. you know, and we don't have to worry Wait, about. Do we, ha do we have friends that also bought this? Oh yeah. Yeah. <gasps> oh, we, everybody's oh, got it. Everyone's and got it. So, oh, okay. Yeah. This makes me even more pumped. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we can definitely get matches in. I, I listen, I definitely think this is going to be the like either wind down or just the hey we've got you know this group who not everybody loves this game and i really love that game this is something we can go and do it and just hang out and bs and, and play it's gonna be three hours of extra life i just know it <laughs> oh yeah like, no 100 yeah. percent. listen i was thinking if it wasn't the fact that i had to run some errands i was going to hop on early and stream some all-stars brawl before we started this podcast mm -hmm. uh just because i need i wanted an excuse to play it i really really like this game so far it is hitting as well as I was hoping it was going to be hit, you know, it's exceeded my expectations so far. And I now it's at the point where, because I like it so much, I'm excited to see who they reveal next and what characters. And I hope this game continues to get the support that, you know, it, it deserves. We got a story about that a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited actually to, to get to that. But before we do that, let me talk about the last game that I've been playing is Back for Blood. So um, yeah, I, I'm a bit upset. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. So I, right before we started this podcast, I was like, oh, I don't know. Rob hasn't really updated his uh, the document. Uh, so let me just check his profile and see uh, what he's been playing. And then I saw Back for Blood there, and I was like, I guess I didn't make the cut. I, I just wasn't. <laughs> I, I wasn't one of the survivors that he wanted to roll with. Listen, you've, just got, like, you've got a newborn. I can't, you know. I, I, I finished Metroid Dread. I, I don't I know what this is. Yeah, but you can, yeah, you can you play Metroid Dread while you're rocking yeah. them. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, so, okay. We talked about Back for Blood back when we played the beta. We How both much has were, changed? So we both were genuinely yeah. positive on it. Yeah. The one thing that we said, uh, visually, I do think it's gotten some polish. I think it's better okay. looking now than it was. It's also that there are more settings now in there. So it does the thing that a lot of modern games do where it has you set, you know, the brightness, the contrast, and it shows you a static image. Yeah. And also the HDR uh, brightness and nits. And just a little side tip to everybody. If you Google search your TV's make model number, and then just HDR nits, N-I-T-S, you'll get the information for what that TV's max nits are. Mm -hmm. And then you just set it to that and then adjust the other settings accordingly. That's the best way to go about that stuff. I always tell my friends, because I know a lot of people, they tend to just go in there and just leave it as the default. But when you mess around with that stuff and you actually pay attention, especially when it has that static image there, you can get not the best image, but the best image for you, what you like the best. Yeah. Me, I tend to look like my games to look, especially something like this, to look a more as if they came out of a comic book than like a grim reality. So I tend so to mess saturated. with the saturation a little yeah. bit. I tend to boost that a little bit up. I also, some people prefer their games to be brighter so they can see things more clearly, but I don't like the washed out effect you get from it. So I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit of detail in the contrast and bring the contrast up, you know? Um, 
just so the colors look richer, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But that's a case by case basis. You know, I, the I think, one complaint. No, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna, I was gonna say like uh, one. I think one. Uh, is it, let me just double check if I had a new story. Uh, I don't, but I probably missed adding it. Like, one thing that was announced was like the Adobe Vision gaming, or maybe we talked about it in the previous podcast that was added, yeah. where like it sets the colors for you depending on if your TV supports it. Like, it's been such a good thing on Apple TV. I kind of wish they would do it. Um, they would do it for more games uh, across the board right. because it, it makes. I mean, it makes I think we're going difference. to. Yeah, I think yeah. we're going to see that going forward. Now, un unfortunately, I only have one TV that has Dolby Vision because Samsung yeah. refuses to uh, use it to license it out. Uh, I'm, part of me is hoping that. All right, let me whisper this so my wife can hear me. Part of me is hoping that one of my TVs break so I can go get a C1. <laughs> but uh, they've been on. They've been on sale. They've I know. I know. Sale. I know. <laughs> but until that happens, I have to manually adjust all those settings myself. The one thing that we talked about, I think the one complaint we had is that the balance between difficulties was way off. Yeah, because right? I think I think the. I don't think it was the easiest, or was it the easiest yeah. one? Yeah, so the, easy, the easiest one was too easy. Yeah, we it just was a, it was a right through. Yes. Yeah. Whereas the next one up was significantly <laughs> harder, where like we had to. We did better with randoms we than of, as a group. Yes. As, yes. as part of, well, even, even so, we had to act as if we were a tactical SWAT unit, yeah. right? And that, so that wasn't some, even the hardest difficulty. Right, exactly. Yeah. Now, I will say, I haven't played the middle of the difficulty out. We just did recruit. And while not a not difficult necessarily, it's not the cakewalk it was before. We did okay. find ourselves in some situations that got a bit dicey where we did almost wipe, where that wasn't even a possibility during the beta. I mean, there was just no chance. We were just steamrolling. Now, yes, it does seem to be balanced better and it is a more enjoyable experience. You do get overwhelmed when the horde comes it's again it is the easiest difficulty recruit or whatever and so it's not um it's not necessarily difficult it is a bit challenging which is nice it for starting off running through it once so far it is uh much more enjoyable because what changes from recruit to the next difficulty besides the enemies you know taking being a hitting a little bit harder and taking a little bit more damage is then friendly fires activated and that's okay. a whole different yeah. dynamic in a game like this and so to be able to play it one time with friendly fire off while still having somewhat of a challenge and people actually going down and me having to go in as my character i was playing as mom and one of her passive abilities is that she instantly revives somebody once per level oh that's nice so instead of needing a defib to do that or level being of, like the five chapters it's kind of broken up into or is it like yes what's yes. okay yeah although it's broken up each act is broken up the first act is like nine ten chapters something is like it that. really wow yes. and so and they're, yeah the they're game all like is, the same length uh, yeah more or less so the game is much longer than i thought it was going to be much meatier than i anticipated based that's on what good we to hear in the so, that's yeah. really good to hear so i will say for the most part it has fix everything that I had a, a problem with. Now, is it a perfect game so far? No, I had a situation that while thankfully didn't affect gameplay, one of the people I was playing with, their character's animations just kind of broke. 
And so they were just kind of holding the gun against their their chest and floating all over the place uh. and killing killing the zombies and stuff like that. Which again was just funny visually. It didn't yeah. actually impact gameplay at all. So not the worst bug to happen. I am really, really enjoying it. It does feel more than the beta, it does feel like the Left 4 Dead type experience that I was anticipating and I was expecting with more lore and story thrown in. I mean, you are... It's not just about getting through and surviving. You you do have a purpose for why you're going to each of these levels and there's a story reason behind your objectives in each of these levels and stuff like that. So it is a more tailored experience rather than left for dead's appeal was kind of this mindless going through and then it wasn't necessarily procedurally generated but there was an aspect to that and I, did they call i know they called it director here what did they call it do you remember what they called it for left for dead they're like ai that would change enemy placement and stuff like that and difficulty based on it's, i think that the code name is usually like a director or a game master yeah. of some sort yeah. So, again, this game does that, and <laughs> it seems to do it in the form of the cards. That's another thing that separates this from Left 4 Dead, is that you're building out your deck, you're selecting what passive bonuses you want, and then the game each level is throwing out, you know, these buffs to enemies, or these, you know... There was the worst of the cards that we've seen so far is there's one that creates this fog over the area and so it makes it difficult to see the zombies it makes it difficult to see your teammates and you cannot see when you're in the fog you cannot see where your teammates health is at so normally as you're progressing through the game the health bars on the left side next to each team member and when you're in that fog you cannot see it so if you're say playing and building out a deck that is more of a healing type class you don't know to run over to your teammate and find them when they start getting low. And not for nothing, but as much as I think I'm very good at communicating in games and try to be tactical and and try to call things out, when you're surrounded by a horde of zombies, it's hard to be like, hey, I need you over here healing me when you're trying to shoot for your life, right? Yeah. And so I'm really, really, really enjoying it. I also found that I never found Left 4 Dead scary, whereas there were levels in this where I was like, this is tense. This is scary. You know, it's like You you never found the witch scary in Left 4 Dead? No, I mean, not not in like the horror sense. I mean, she was scary because I knew what she could do. Yeah. But never in like, I never got like jump scared or anything like that. And even to say... I haven't been jump scared in this. It's more of like I'm going through this level and I'm getting tense because I'm like, okay. oh, something's going to happen. Like something has to happen. And then nothing actually really happened. And so yeah. I just think it was really good level design. I think that the the special mutated Zombie. zombies yeah. in this are much better and more varied. There's so many more than what we saw are, in the beta. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes me happy because I was like, and so, I was like the uh, four or five we had in the beta. I was like, these are kind of like. Left exactly retreads yes yeah. i was yes. like i was like but well they really just made left for dead again <laughs> yeah so there's one zombie that straight up like as if he's trying to chloroform you comes up behind you and grabs you and starts dragging you back and stuff there's one that is similar to i wish i could remember their name so you've played the most recent gears games yes. right yeah um so you know the 
the enemy type in gears that like they kind of suck you up and pit you in their gut yes and then they they take you away or they try to and then your teams Mm -hmm. break you out there's an enemy type like that that he picks you up he opens up his mouth and swallows you whole and then digs into the ground and then you die like if he gets all the way through and escapes you die oh it's you know what's the most unsettling thing with these games is you're in control of your character you're very tense like especially when friendly fire is on you're trying to make sure you don't shoot somebody you're taking down the zombies but the moment you lose control of your character you freak out and it it, it doesn't matter what way it happens and it's 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 such a violent control is taken from you in such a violent way that yeah. <laughs> like like you panic you're like you're like where is everybody why is nobody so, got my back <laughs> so that happened to me i got swallowed up in the fog and so they they don't even know what that enemy looks like because they couldn't see it and then they just heard me screaming telling them to come over and they started chasing and so they got like a little one of them caught a little glimpse as he did try to fire on them but yeah i mean i everything they've done so far and everything i've played so far i am really really enjoying it to the point where I've thought about this before. When I beat a game, that's it. You know, it doesn't matter yeah. what difficulty I beat it on. I am going to replay this game on the harder difficulties. I'm going to continue building out different decks. I, I'm excited for what this game, and I think this game is going to have a ton of replayability. Yeah. And so, you know, it's actually, it's tough. Cause right now there are so many games that I want to play. And so it becomes a juggling act of what's going to get my time. Uh, and that wraps up, you know, what i've been playing and what we've been playing as a whole just to go over it real quick you touched on metroid dread and actually beat the game very high on it yes i have a feeling that it'll be part of our game of the year conversation later on i talked about the halo infinite alpha flight technical flight technical flight alpha technical flight whatever (laughs) technical flight specifically big team battle very high on it sonic colors ultimate kind of think it's trash Nintendo All-Stars Brawl, more than I could have expected. Back for Blood, fixing everything I had a problem with. Man, it the, it's only October, and <laughs> games are so good, man. I, like, so, <laughs> my, when I reinstalled everything back to my Xbox, I created a group called Just Games, and it was everything in my backlog, and it's embarrassing, <laughs> because it, it's, there's 15 games there, um, like I haven't mentioned that like, I bought FIFA 22 uh, because that's the game me and my cousins play. Because apparently that's the only multiplayer game adults like to play now. I, I yeah. don't know why. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know a bunch I, of people like that. Yeah, I I picked up New World on Steam. Have not had a chance to fire that up. Uh, Endwalker is coming soon for Final Fantasy 14. I've already got that pre-ordered. And there's so there's so oh. much coming. Listen, and I ha- it's. <laughs> It's nuts. I, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy coming in like a week. I'm super That's excited pre- about that. Pre-ordered already. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. So one of the games, and I hate to do this to you because I'm going to jump ahead to a story. Yeah. But one of the games that's on my backlog now that it's been added to Xbox Game Pass is Scarlet Nexus. So one of our yeah. stories we had, and obviously this was news from you know last week's show, so I'll go over it quickly. But Scarlet Nexus has now been added to Xbox Game Pass. You talked about it when that game released, and you were very high on it. You kept telling me, I need to play it. You were going to send me your copy. And then it pops up on Game Pass. And this is one of those things where I actually told 
you know, my buddies, Matt and Taylor, we've mentioned on the show before and who have appeared on the streams. If you watched any of our streams during uh, the technical flight, this game, you know, I, I have trouble getting into RPGs just because of how long they are and stuff like that. But this game is absolutely the type of game that I would play on Xbox Game Pass. And it hit. I've started, I downloaded it to my console. I downloaded it to my laptop. I downloaded it to my PC. So, because the only way I'm going to get to this game is if I can have it everywhere I am and sneak in little play sessions here and, and there. And cloud, the cloud gaming works great. Yes. I fired it yep. up. Uh, it was funny. I fired up and I started playing Kasane's uh, first chapter uh, when the day it came out, and I was like, "I was like, this, this is great, and that's another way to play." <laughs> so, um, don't sleep on it. And I really, uh, uh, Rob, uh, one piece of advice: if you're gonna play this, play with Yuito first. Don't play with the girl. I, play with the I, boy. Yes, you you told me that, yeah. and so that's who I started with. And okay, so perfect. I am. I'm listen. I'm only like. Maybe forty minutes into it. Uh, that's fine. Maybe. Get to, get to chap, uh, but get to chapter four. Chapter four yeah. is where the game just like turns the dial from like. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm really into listen, this. Into I'm welcome to batshit crazy land. Yeah, I'm already very into it. I like the aesthetic. It reminds me a lot of. It has a little bit of like Astral Chain, which I really like the aesthetic of Astral Chain and the vibe of Astral Chain. And, yeah, th I. I'm excited to to play this game, and I will play this game before the year is over. Like I said, it's probably going to be in little chunks here and there when I can. But uh, can you just uh, can you just text me every time the game makes you go, "What the fuck"? So oh yeah, I absolutely. Yeah, yeah, every time. Sure. <laughs> Next bit of news I want to get into is Monster Hunter Monster Hunter Rise is coming to PC in January. Along with this, they also revealed that Monster Hunter Rise won't have cross-play or cross-save between PC and Switch, That's which I know a is a huge bummer because the benefit of playing on PC would be the upgraded visuals, upgraded frame rate, the stuff that you can't do. I mean, we talked about needing a Switch Pro earlier. The things that you can't do on a current Switch, not having cross-save and cross-progression is a huge bummer. Yeah, I believe the demo is out now. Uh... I think I read that earlier today, or it might be available to download for the, the PC demo. But um, yeah, it sucks about the cross-save. I'm glad I didn't invest too much time on the Switch version. Um, so yeah. I, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Are you going to play yeah. this on PC when it I, releases? I think I'll just play this on PC. I know, and It sucks about the Switch, not spending time on it on the Switch version, but um, I think PC is just a more comfortable spot because I'm, a Monster Hunt is very quick. And it's something you, like, hey, I feel like playing something awesome <laughs> or something like that's yeah. a spectacle. And I think it's right there for it. And they uh, also announced, because I think uh, when we previously saw this in the Nintendo Direct, it was, it, they mentioned that the expansion was coming in summer. Uh, yeah. And along with the PC version. And so the thought was that Monster Hunter would come in the summer, but just the base version of Rise debuts on January 12th. Yep, 2022. Yeah, um, they did show off a little bit of that upcoming expansion in the form of two monsters. But uh, but yeah, I mean, the big news is the PC and the, and the fact that it will not have cross save cross progression. One of the things I love the most about Xbox Game Pass, and I actually go into the games to make sure this feature is there. because There are some that it's not there, but 
the pickup and play nature and the cross save functionality, like, I mean, they make it just so easy to, to get your save. And I have never, ever had an issue. I, yeah. I, between my laptop, PC, and the various consoles here, there are five devices, well, and my phone. So six devices that I can play games on and that I do play games on. And I have never once had an issue just picking up where I left off from one of the yeah. other devices. And that is the future. We need to get to a point where that is just standard, where we're not, you know, where we're not praising games for pitting it in, but instead condemning ones that don't. Now, I, <laughs> I know, I know that the switch is really like kind of funky when it comes to that kind of stuff, especially. But like the switch has done it in some regards. Like Hades right, has correct. it. Divinity Original Sin has it. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think even um, what's the Obsidian one that starts with the P. Uh, whatever it is, they like that one also has it. Like it, it's there. Uh, Witcher three, uh, another one. Right. But like, so it, it just feels like. How did you not know people wanted this? Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Like Capcom, Capcom has been one of the best developers of this generation uh or not generation the last like maybe like five years or so like they've been one hit after the other uh and this just feels like a goofy misstep on their part of like not even considering it oh man speaking of goofy i'm gonna have to jump ahead now speaking of goofy super smash brothers ultimate's final character is sora from kingdom hearts uh jump yeah, sorry about that, but I couldn't uh, help it. So did go. you watch this? I watched this as it was revealed. Did you watch the uh, reveal when it happened? No, I was doing I was doing something. No, well, I know what happened. I was meant to watch this. I wanted to go talk to my director at work and ended up in an hour-long conversation only to be spoiled about it in a text from my coworker. He's like, they're like, hey, they just revealed Sora as the final character. And I was like, yeah. God damn it. I kind of wanted to watch that. <laughs> So I know people have been asking for this for the longest time. And actually during that uh, presents for Kingdom Heart, they mentioned that when this game originally released on the Wii U, they had ran a poll about what guest characters they wanted. And Sora was the top result. Now, they chose not to reveal that at the time because they didn't want to put pressure on Square Enix from fans and stuff like that. Because that would happen. I mean, the internet being the internet, yeah, that would happen. So it makes total sense that they hit those results. But now that they've actually got the deal done, they can come out and announce. I, as a Kingdom Hearts veteran, haven't played Kingdom Hearts 3 to completion and only ever played Kingdom Hearts 3, could not care less about this. <laughs> I do not care. I okay. think Sora sucks. I think Roxas sucks. I think all those characters suck. And the only good thing about the Kingdom Hearts game is their tie-ins with Disney, which this collaboration has none of so so um all you're getting is another sword character in smash <laughs> that, that's so, what you, that's what you're getting i tell me i'm wrong no you're not you're not wrong because right. I, I think alongside this news it was also announced that the entire kingdom hearts collection is coming to the switch in cloud with cloud versions oh, as cloud versions as correct. cloud versions and which is fine cloud gaming is honestly a great time one of the things, though, is like, 
if you just want to be disappointed by the end of that collection and you just want to go like, I don't know what they're doing. What is this? Then yeah, that you can waste your time on a collection like that. For sure. Like, I think Kingdom Hearts is something that y you needed to be there for, for one and two. Uh, maybe change the memory along the way. And then once it hit Birth by Sleep on PSP, you just kind of lost the thread. Then three came out and was a giant wet fart. Uh, in my opinion. I, listen, I, I'm really happy for everybody who's happy about this. I know there are plenty of people who are super excited I'm, about I, this. I like it. Huge. Yeah. yeah it's huge. And listen, yeah. don't be, I'm, I'm half yeah. joking. You know, I, if he plays well, he plays well. Yeah. I, I just think that my excitement for this reveal would have came in the form of like his ultimate smash or a anything having some, and I know that this is hard to deal with all the different license holders and, and getting Square Enix play along, getting Disney to play along, something like that. But having some of the Disney element of Kingdom Hearts, that would have been more exciting for, for me. And yeah. so, so there was a tweet, and I don't even remember if I retweeted it, it that I was talking about how big of a miracle even getting Sora into this game was. Because yeah, even, right. something, even something like World of Final Fantasy, which was a, a game they had Square Enix put out. They, I think they put Sora in as a DLC character, but they couldn't get any of the music. I don't even know if he had a Keyblade in there with the Mickey Mouse logo on there. Uh, they're like the licensing nightmare from the music, the characters, what, what they can and can't use. Uh, it probably took them like a bunch of years to get uh, sit down with Disney and figure that shit out. Uh, but they did it. And I think like that's an incredible feat to end Yeah, like the, with the last character on. Yeah, um, and don't get me. I think he looks yeah. great. Like the character yeah. design in in Smash looks fantastic. Even the, the way he River moves design and, yeah. um, that they announced was really yeah, cool. It's very cool. Like I, I think there's a lot to like. If you're a fan, there's a lot to like about yeah. about this announcement. I just it doesn't get me going necessarily, <laughs> and so. Uh, my, um, I, I think my favorite is uh, when Mario throws like that flame, and you see the keyblade, and Simple and Clean starts playing, like. I was, I was on TikTok and like, I was just getting served a bunch of videos of people watching the reveal. And as soon as the music starts, you can just, you, you hit that, get hit with that emotion from that song. And like for anyone that played Kingdom Hearts 1 that came out, like that song just slaps. That song is like one of the best video game pieces ever put together. Um, so it, it, you know, like you said, uh, no, happy listen, for the I, fans, happy yeah, for the fans. I get it. I, I just want Sok I just want Sakurai to now, um, just do something else. Just enjoy your life. Yeah. Go to the beach, stare at the sun, uh, be Marcus Phoenix in um, at the end of Gears of War three, standing on the beach, just like not well, knowing what comes I, next. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I hope not, because Marcus gets dragged back in. So uh, yeah. I, I think Sakurai needs to be just done. The man I deserves mean, his peace. Well, how many characters are in this game? Like eighty eight or something? Eighty second. Yeah, it's also one of those things character. like, what do they do next? Right? Because whatever they like, do next, they have to bring back all 82, don't they? Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't maybe, see the world yeah. where they, don't, they can't do that. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe you bring back your core Nintendo franchises and stuff like that. And then you start, you just go after different partnerships, you know, to make it. I don't know. But that's a, that's a, we'll see. We'll yeah. see what they, what, what happens next. I don't want to start speculating. We'll be here for hours. <laughs> Oh, Last man. bit of Nintendo news since we're already in this block is Pokemon is joining forces with Universal Studios Japan. Uh, Universal Studios Japan announces entering into a creative partnership with the Pokemon Company. Now, Universal Studios Japan is already the one that has uh, Super Nintendo World 
And so it, it makes sense for them to now go after the Pokemon license and, and have a Pokemon world as well. When I was at Universal Studios in Orlando earlier, one of the things that struck me was that the vast majority of the properties there are older properties that aren't in the limelight anymore, you know? And you hear about Disneyland and Disney World bringing all these new worlds based on the new acquisitions that they made, you know, this, the Marvel stuff, although they can't do that in Disney World because Universal has a license for Marvel stuff in Florida. But, uh, you know, the new Pixar movies, the new Star Wars lands, the kind of stuff that they're adding. And so it makes sense for Universal Studios to modernize and to bring in new flavor and, and stuff that's more timely. And just like with Super Nintendo World, which has been timely for 30 plus years or whatever, uh, Pokemon does seem like the thing that is always going to be timely. So it makes a ton of sense. It's uh, the biggest franchise ever. Like, uh, if you haven't seen the numbers, like Pokemon blows away any other franchise in terms of sales across like games, movies, just merchandise, all that. It's incredible. Like, right. And I, I've heard this deal, um, from what I was reading, this deal was in the works longer than the Mario one. So <laughs> just uh, to put it into yeah. terms, probably like, oh, God. Could you imagine what they could do? Because Mario World looks dope as hell. I, I Listen, I one of the things that I had forgotten was that the Super Mario Land, they're also, or World, whatever they're, they're what they, they call, call it. it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they're building one at the Orlando Park as well. And yeah. so I cannot wait for that. And I hope that we also get that. Donkey Kong. You know, Pokemon. Uh, yeah, and we get Pokemon as well over here. I mean, that would be fantastic. Because not for nothing, as great as Disney World is, and the rides at Universal are more Adult enjoyable, rides. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so it's a nice, it's a better mix, in my opinion, than, say, Disney World. So uh, and like, I, I think that news is super cool. If I, you do I love make it, amusement parks. Yeah. If you do ever make it out to Osaka for uh, Universal Studios Japan, like, they actually have a lot of cool rides as well. Like, I think they had, uh, I think the Fast and Furious or the Transformers ride out there is actually, like, a Final Fantasy VII uh, one instead. So it's, oh, okay. it's actually pretty neat. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. No, I, times. yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the big Final Fantasy. Yeah, thing. yeah, you know, you know you. Uh, and then there's the Horizon Zero Dawn one, and there's the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how long before Genshin <laughs> Impact gets a theme park? <laughs> hey, listen, I'm all for it, man. I'm enjoying my time with Genshin. I didn't talk about it, but I'm enjoying my time with Genshin Impact. I need to... Uh, I, did I tell you? I think I was like, oh, yeah, we talked about that last yeah. time. All right, so let's get into the rest of the news. Uh, the Game Awards are back and in person this December, December 9th for a host of new reveals and trailers. Uh, the Game Awards ceremony is back this year. Jeff Keighley's annual event will be an in-person ceremony at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles on December 9th. Uh, the Game Awards will also offer a 4K live stream for free like last year. Mm. I... So, so I, to, to this story I tied on our sheet, the story of the Dota tournament that found a home in Bucharest, Romania, sold tickets for 12 days, and then immediately refunded them because the event no longer will have a live audience because of how bad COVID is out there. Yep. Um, and it, it's just, 
I can't put my finger on what COVID is like anymore. And it is, uh, yeah, it, it, so, it is very strange. Because I know, I know, like, you went out to Vegas. I know I have friends yeah. that have traveled, and they come yeah. back, they're fine. But then you, you hear local stories. Um, you, you hear people, you know, that pass away uh, that got it. And then you're just like, I'm still wearing a mask. Like, my, my brother yeah. is in, t- in town, and he's like, I walked into a store without a mask on. People, like, he was, he was like, I was, he's from Minneapolis. And he's like, I was the only one not wearing a mask, but I kind of felt like an asshole. He's like, it's so weird out here in Jersey. Yeah. I was like, I, was so, like, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's so weird. So I think it's different everywhere, right? Yeah. I, when I was in Vegas, everywhere required a mask. I, I, unless you were outside walking up the strip, you needed to have a mask on to do anything. They were enforcing it. They were going yeah. around and enforcing it. Uh, you know, Vegas is a little bit different, too, because people are allowed to smoke in, inside. So, yeah. But the moment you weren't smoking... Right, they were like, "Hey, you got to put your mask back up," and so just imagine I mean, the I don't guy see... standing behind you, yeah. just like. <laughs> and so, the way this will work, I'm assuming, will work the same way that the award shows have worked. It, yeah, yeah, it's in person, but it's in person with industry professionals, and they're going to have to have some sort of, you know, either vaccine show mandate. proof of vac- vac- yeah, yeah. yeah vaccination, or they're going to have to show negative tests prior to. Yeah. I assume with something like this, especially since it's the audience is never huge, it's never massive, right? That they will take the necessary precautions. But you're right. It is weird to hear about all these other shows canceling and then this show not, and this show being in person. I think the difference is, is that this is not open to the public, right? They're not selling tickets to the Game Awards, whereas Dota 2 was selling tickets to the open public. And so you have less control and the logistics behind keeping that kind of environment safe is much different than something like this. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you, man. It is, we- it is weird. I just want it all to be over. I know everybody does, yeah. you know, but I, I also kept my mask on the whole time I was in Vegas. I, I, at no point did I feel like super comfortable either. Right. Yeah. Even on, even on, plane flights you know yeah. where they make you keep the mask on the whole time they don't serve alcohol anymore on the flights because of all the unruly you know passengers oh, yeah. they've had recently and so but even being there like i'm constantly looking around and being like all right everybody's got their mask on everybody's got their mask on like i, I don't know man I, I i'm already bad at flying as is i don't love flying and all of this attitude is just like i spent a lot of time waiting at the airport for my flight, standing away from where everybody else was just because even if there's open seats, I just didn't want to be close to yeah. anybody else. And so, all right, this story is absolutely wild. So I don't know if you saw those listening to the podcast or watching right now, but Twitch was hacked. The first bit of news that came out of this was the reveal of all the big streamers incomes, right? That's the yeah, first thing I, I saw. I'm sorry, guys. That uh, you guys have to find out how much we were making. Uh, you know, we're in the top <laughs> yeah. ten. Top ten yeah. of. Uh, it was. It's streamers. like the top. What was it? Was the top like 100 or something like that? How many? I mean. Yeah, yeah, we're we're up yeah. there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, we need we need money for more controllers. <laughs> listen, we make so little that we're paying Twitch. That's basically what it comes down to, right? <laughs> yes. Now. Every time an ad rolls, we're paying Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, they apparently the entire source code was out there in the wild. There was also information suggesting that Amazon is making their own Steam competitor and rival in the form of Vapor. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's got to be a code name, but I would absolutely love if they released it and that was the name. Like, just I, It's so good. It's so yeah, good. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, they did say that Twitch came out and confirmed that we can confirm a breach has taken place. Our teams are working on this with urgency to understand the extent of this. We will update the community as soon as additional information is available. Thank you for bearing with us. Twitch has come out, has also stated that it doesn't seem like any actual personal information was out there and there's no need to believe that people's uh, passwords were compromised. They did, however, take the extra step of just resetting all Steam keys and Steam codes. So it, <laughs> I saw a lot of people on Twitter talking about how these hackers always seem to go after, you know, Apple, Microsoft, Twitch, but never like, you know, federal financial aid or what, what, you watch like, the TikTok I posted. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't know if you, yeah, I did. You did. I did see the one you posted. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, even before that, that was a common th yeah. thread I had saw on social media throughout the day. Student loan debt. Who wants to be the hero? Yeah. It's just one of those things where like, I, I understand that there's this whole Twitch do be better campaign going on, on social media and stuff like this, but what does this do? Like, what does this leak do besides, besides make people like me go and change my password, even though I have two factor set up and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Like all you've done is I, I tried to change my password and uh -huh. it was like every password I put in, they're like, it's weak, it's weak, it's weak. And I was like, yeah. if I just put in something random, I'm never going to remember it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you, so, we need to, uh, I've been thinking more and more about setting up like a password manager and stuff like that. Yeah. And then using two factor and Google authenticator on everything that I possibly can. Pretty much. Um, but like, what does this do? This doesn't do anything. Yeah. It embarrasses Twitch, but like that doesn't, it's not going to hurt their bottom line. It's not going to change anything. And the idea of in... like leaking all this information about mm -hmm. how much these streamers are making does nothing. Yeah. I, I think it did it did uh, shine a light of like how many people of color are, are in the diversity of like the top streamers out there. Oh, uh, which was like I think three in the top one hundred. Um, but yeah, it shined a, it shined a light on it, but uh, nobody was surprised. Yeah, right. I don't think anybody was surprised. I mean, the the, the funny thing is everybody every you know POC streamer that I saw that I follow online was like, yeah, this isn't surprising. We, yeah. we already knew this, you know, like it's, and, and yeah, maybe, maybe shining a light on that will help Twitch do better in promoting diversity yeah. and promoting different, you know, streamers of color and stuff like that. But it, it's not a surprise at all. And so, I mean, also, it's also, a bummer. But, yeah. It is, it is a bummer. Like, but the one thing that drives me nuts as someone that works in IT is how do you even let this happen? Like, I swear every yeah. big company has some sort of, like, vulnerability scan reports. They're constantly going through it. It's just like, yeah, I get a, sm I get a small breach here or there, but, like, what are you guys just ignoring what's happening here? Like, I... I, I bet. I mean, that's the other I, thing. I we'll never it, find yeah. out what actually happened, right? I bet it'll take them like five 
like probably like five minutes to fix like whatever the actual vulnerability was. But like yeah. at that point, it's like it's already too late. I yeah. mean, there was that story. I, I don't know if you saw that one uh, of the SMS provider. Um, basically, like all the major, all the major like cell phone carriers, SMS um, carriers, uh, they used them to send text messages, and they had been hacked for like five, or, five or eight years or something like that. And did not know it, and then they had like eight billion messages go out a year. <laughs> so it's just like, it's like how. Yeah, see, luckily I keep all my offensive stuff to in-person comments and not uh, on text, so I don't have to worry about anything. Yeah, you guys should see what happens <laughs> when the stream ends. I, I just, I oh, just yeah, it. it's bad. I hope I Discord just... doesn't secretly record us. <laughs> no, no, no. All right. All right, a little, you know, on the same kind of page, we'll talk about Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl data mining hits at future characters. Now, this is the good kind of hacking, right? The data mining <laughs> I'm into. So... According to an apparent data mine leak, the game's files include references to Shredder, Garfield, and other Nick characters who could be arriving soon. I will buy the um, season pass just for Garfield. I don't care yeah, about anything else. Awesome. Just for Garfield. So there's uh, some of the characters that might be coming that come out of a long list of placeholder announcer lines are Rugrats, Tommy Pickles, which, I mean, everybody wants, you know, like everybody wants. SpongeBob's, Mr. Krabs, Squidward, and Plankton, Jimmy Neutron, and Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. I listen. I know everybody loves SpongeBob and stuff like that. I like SpongeBob. SpongeBob is fine, but it's not. That's not necessarily the era. That's a little bit after my era. You know, the height of my Nickelodeon watching. And so things like Tommy Pickles and Rocco, like that's exactly what I want from this game and get me even more hyped and excited. Now, you know, they did come out and say that just because that information was in there doesn't mean that it's a guarantee that that stuff's going to come, that there's uh, oftentimes where they have plans for things and it just doesn't work out. And some of that placeholder information is still left behind. It was the community manager, Thaddeus Cruz, who actually said, uh, brought up concerns of data mining and was told that content would be removed. Turns out wasn't removed. Voice lines in the project cover bases and are not be all end all confirmations of what can and cannot happen. And so, that you know, just seems like whoops. Right. <laughs> yeah, whoops. Right. I mean, there's a chance that yeah. all that stuff doesn't come, but very likely that we are going to get at least some of that. And I'm all for it. I'm excited. It's okay, funny. Yeah. So, this article we're reading from, yeah. real quick before, before you say, this article we're reading from, I read this same article when it first uh, came out. Again, this is, I think, news that we were going to talk about last week. This article came October 10th. I read this article, and this article first called, when talked about Rocco, it said the titular dog from Rocco's That's exactly what I was and, mention. Oh, okay. And yeah. I almost, I, I'm in the car, and I got irrationally <laughs> upset. And I was like, I was so mad. I remember where I was, I was parked waiting for something when I read this article. And... I was like, he's, he's, he's a, a wallaby. like, he's a wallaby. Like what? Yeah. Like, and they, uh, you know, reading through it now, they have updated it since, yeah. but I looked into the comments cause I was like, someone's got to point it out. And every other comment at least was like, he's not a dog. He's not a dog. He's not a dog. So and wallabies, so, are they related to kangaroos? Uh, I thought they, they were like closely related to like dingoes. Kangaroo but. and wallabies. Yeah, they look pretty similar. All right, 
They're adorable. Next bit of news. League of Legends next patch won't let you chat with the enemy team. Oh, thank God. So, Not that I'm playing this game again, but thank God. <laughs> yeah. At least temporarily, they have removed the slash all ability, which allowed you to all chat with everybody in the particular match. It's one of those things where, like, there is literally no reason to have a slash all except to be toxic. Yeah. Right? Like, even... Even if you're going in there and saying GG, well played, right? He, he doesn't for the most part a tinge of envy or like, or, <laughs> or for the most part, yeah. you're still being toxic. You know, yeah. like I used to go in and listen. I was part of the problem. I'll be honest right here. This is a little confessional in front of me. I'm, I'm telling you, I would go into matches and immediately type GG, well played, too easy. <laughs> you know. We hadn't even started. First blood hadn't and I was just being toxic from the start. And, you know, if if we absolutely dominated, GG well played. Like always. And it was me being toxic. So there is absolutely no need for this. And it's funny because, you know, it seems like the reaction to the all chat removal has been largely negative. And I'm telling you that and those people are saying, well, you know, it takes out the sportsmanship of it. You know, the good luck, have fun in the beginning, the <laughs> GG at the end. But, like, come on, man. That's BS, no. right? The reality is is you're mad because you want it to be toxic because that community is toxic, you know? Uh, you, you know, I will say some of my favorite um, my favorite all-chat moments are, like, before the game, like, while you're waiting for, like, the creep waves to start, and then someone will yep. be like, oh, did, did you... Um, you see this new f uh, feature? You had to just like press, press oh, yeah. this button. It'd be like D or F, and someone would flash and waste their ability. <laughs> and it'd be like, and it would happen sometimes. It'd be like really yeah. comical, or like you just had like a dance party uh, with somebody. But so you, you can still emote with them. But yeah, um, there there were some fun conversations to be had. It just sucks that like it ended up just being a toxic thing of just like oh this player sucks, report them, and then the other team's just like well they don't. S they're having a bad game and they're not throwing yep. it on purpose. Listen, I, you know, I play smite. There's no like all chat in smite and I've never missed that feature. You know, yeah. I never thought like, I wish I had an all chat feature. Um, it does seem like it's staying for Listen, custom games though. So, if, you know, if you're playing a custom game with yeah. friends, you still got it. And so they did clarify that they are just removing it for the next few patches as kind of a test. Here's, here's my guess. They take it out as a test. And it turns out that it was a good move and they yeah. keep it, you know, because it sounds like a good move to me. Yep. All right. We already mentioned some games that had came to Xbox Game Pass in the form of Back for Blood. And I mentioned Scarlet Nexus. Some of the other games that are coming this October or have released already are Total Accurate Battle, Battle Simulator has already released. The Processions Calvary has already released. Visage has already released. Back for Blood. Destiny 2 have already released and then today uh it's supposed to it was supposed to release tomorrow but i actually believe it's available today is ring of pain the rift breaker and coming is the good life that's there a are some games, game right that one looks weird enough that i, mean, I want to check it out <laughs> yeah uh some games that are leaving xbox game pass on october 15th this friday is gone or two heave ho Katana Zero, which is very good. If you haven't played Katana Zero, if you're, I would go and give it a, a chance. I originally played that game on the Switch. I think it only takes like four or five hours to beat. I think it's it's very cool. 
uh, Scourgebringer, Tales of Asperia HD, and the Swords of Ditto. So I saw Tales of Asperia leaving, and I was like, shit, I need to play through this. And I was like, I still got Tales of Arise <laughs> to finish. Uh, I own Vesperia on Switch, but like, it's the conversation we had earlier. I, I'd just rather uh, play it on a prettier yeah. console. Um, yeah. I might actually pick pick it up off if it hasn't it late. It leaves in a few days, so I might actually pick it up tonight because you get the twenty percent off. Uh, yeah, on that. So take advantage of it where I can. <sighs> All right. I really love these next two stories. They are right up my alley. Oh, the first yes. one being the first one being. In celebration of Nickelodeon's All-Star Brawl, which I mentioned earlier, Microsoft has made two custom Xbox Series X consoles. One a SpongeBob console and one a Leonardo console with matching controllers. For those watching the stream or if you are listening to podcasts, just go ahead and search these images. These look so good, man. Like, I'm not the biggest SpongeBob fan. I would love to have that SpongeBob console. I, it, it's one of those retweet contest entries that's only one of each made and the only way to win the, the only way to get them is to win them. I would love either one of these. I mean, I, if I, I retweeted, the I retweeted that one, entry so fast. If I won the SpongeBob one, I would put it front and center in like the living room. So when guests come over, they're yep. greeted with it. They're just looking at the yep. TV and be like, what the hell is that? I'll be like, that's yep. a SpongeBob Series X. <laughs> I mean, I, oh man, I love the way these looks. And it also makes me realize that Microsoft's design choice in the Series X was genius because so far every custom console that has been made for it, whether for a contest or that uh, Halo Infinite one that, you know, you randomly shows up for pre-order, even though it's still impossible to get your hands on. The rectangular box is perfect for custom consoles i mean yes. all of them look so so good um i, see I mean it, you know what it reminds me of this reminds me these two remind me of like a custom arcade cabinet yes yes 100 yeah. percent that because like you get the cool side panels of the arcade yeah oh, it looks so good yeah i even, even like that. even just like the design of like where the disc slot and like the xbox power button uh, it doesn't t- it doesn't take up too much room, yep. so it, it it works well. Yep, a hundred percent agree. I've never wanted to win a contest so bad in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I in turn I retweeted, but like even if you don't care for the contest, go read the comments underneath it because they're hilarious. <laughs> it's one of the best <laughs> Twitter threads uh, out there. All right, speaking with you know custom consoles and controllers, coming November fifteenth. Xbox has announced a 20th anniversary controller and headset. Now, the controller and headset are both these black kind of translucent, right? Like we used to get with the old Game Boys and stuff like that. Uh, The controller itself is a black translucent controller, and it has the original Xbox green grips underneath. Mm -hmm. I love (laughs) the way this... I know I have a problem. I have a controller problem. I don't need all these controllers. I don't know why I keep buying them, but I think this one is absolutely gorgeous. And a friend of mine was just talking about how 
you know, he wishes they would release as a straight up purely translucent one because at the time, the closest thing to it was that Forza Horizon controller, which is coming out, which is semi-translucent. I went ahead and pre-ordered this. Uh, so a little backstory on uh, some of the stuff that happened here. Uh, I was on Twitter sometime last week, and I came across a tweet from one Will Powers, who is, I think, like uh, head of marketing or PR or for like yeah, yeah for, for Razer. And uh, somebody had talked about how the Razer uh, controller was probably the best Xbox controller there was. I tagged uh, Rob in it. Okay, so it led to a great exchange. Um, and so then when Rob messaged me... Uh, last wednesday going i have a fucking problem i thought he ordered that controller <laughs> uh, no but i almost ordered that controller today by the way <laughs> did he really yeah i don't need it but, i don't need it but, but i want it maybe maybe what you need to do is just like start doing videos for the work print where you just write xbox controllers like oh yeah ones, I should. and then you could just get them sent to you <laughs> so yeah i mean it's not a terrible idea actually <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but listen, he's underselling the Twitter exchange. You absolutely should follow Bilal on Twitter and go and check out this exchange that happened between him, myself, and one uh, Will Powers. It, I did not mean to make that pun. I, I know, I, I know. It was so perfect. I didn't even see it. I didn't see it either. So he, he called it out, and I was like, holy crap. That is, that is one of the better, like, organic comedy uh, things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it and was. So, and I don't think I saw that tweet till like the next morning too from him. And I was just like, I was, I was just like flabbergasted. I was just like, I was like, oh, that, that couldn't have ended any better. Um, uh, it was, yeah, but yeah, this. So you sent me the link to this controller because I asked for it. And I also pre-ordered yep. it because yep. it is sexy. And like, I love the green in the logo. Um, yeah, me too. It's the 20th anniversary Xbox. Um it looks good. Um, I mean, yeah, the internals, nothing too exciting happening back there, but I really like the look of it overall um, compared to some of the other controllers I have. Um, what I, I need like, is I need, I need Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl to release like an eight-player same screen mode so that I can just move my Xbox over to the, the projector yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, and just have it, make use of all these controllers that I have. Um, all right. So next bit of news. Uh, yep. sorry. One sec. We've been all over the place with the news this week. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think we were gonna, yeah, that's why. Okay. So this is a little bit of old news. We were going to go address it last week, but I think it's big enough that we talk about it now. Surprise, surprise. Sony has acquired Studio Bluepoint Games, most known for doing remasters and remakes of beloved franchises, such as that Demon Souls remake that came out on the PlayStation 5. Who was I talking to? Oh, no, I was listening to a podcast. And they had mentioned how they thought they had already been acquired. And that's because, if you recall, we talked about it here before, they accidentally leaked an image on one of their social media channels Sony welcoming Japan. Blue Point, yeah, welcoming Blue Point games to the family. 
this isn't surprising anybody. It makes a ton of sense considering that they have already worked closely with uh, PlayStation in the past. And as much as I prefer playing games on the Xbox these days, and as much as I'm more excited about the future of Xbox Game Studios after all the recent acquisitions than I am for necessarily some of the Sony stuff, Sony does have the back catalog to make an acquisition like this make a ton of sense, right? Whether you have them do original games, which it looks like they are going to work on an original game, or, and, and at the same time, continue to have them remaster some of your classics, like this makes a ton of sense, especially with a studio that has proven that they know how to use the tools for your system and, um, and that they're fantastic at what they do. You know, we'll see what happens with this original game. I know there's some rumors that, and some expectations that the original game might be actually a sequel to uh, to Bloodborne, which I'd be all yeah. for. But so so Ali sent me uh, a link, like literally the day after this story broke uh, for, for the acquisition. Because I read the acquisition news, they're like, "Yes, they're working on the original games," and the story is like, "They're working on the PS5 remaster of Bloodborne and a sequel." And I was like. Original, I, I guess Bloodborne Two would be an original, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I think I think they use the, the term original yeah. as just they're not remastering something, right? But they are. <laughs> in some I mean, sense. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> not but, that, not that Bloodborne I, needs Bloodborne I, does not need much to I, be touched. Exactly. All you gotta yeah. do is up the visuals a little bit, up the frame 4K, rate, 4K, and I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah, four K one twenty. Give me I will absolutely, I will absolutely play that game again. Yeah. Uh, and I cannot, I cannot wait for uh, a Bloodborne two. That was the best platinum, as frustrating as it was to get one of the best ones <laughs> to get. All right, uh, this next bit of news is actually going to be our last bit of news. Sony planning to make PS three Vita stores nearly unusable. Sony plans, Sony plans to remove credit card and PayPal support from both stores in late October. Look, they have already been. They've already made attempts to kill these stores off, yeah. right? Especially the Vita. I mean, they had said, oh, we're, we're ending support of the store on the Vita for pushback to, from fans to bring them to go back on that decision. But now they've essentially done the same thing, just another way, right? I, I, I'd be more shocked if Vita owners were actually buying games and not just hacking that console uh, at this point. Um, there is, yeah, I mean, I love the Vita. I really wish Sony had done right by it. I think third parties, especially uh, JRPG makers, did right by it. Yeah, but, agreed, so, 100%. I mean, like... I, I really Sony, do think the Vita Sony will go down could, as the most underrated yes, console ever. Sony could literally make a Switch competitor in a form of a handheld. They just need to support it. That, that's all they need to do. And yeah. put triggers on it. That's all they had to do, put a trigger on it. Yep. I mean, they already had the makings with the Vita in the sense that not only did when games got it right, they got it really right. And not only was that original display beautiful and the ergonomics outside of it not having triggers uh, was really well done. It also had remote play from the beginning, you know? And yeah. so being able to release another one in the similar vein, maybe a slightly bigger screen with triggers and, you know, it would have to be bigger to accommodate what you would need logistically from the controllers itself 
and at, at this day and age you, you need a bigger screen on that but to have remote play in there and to have the ability to do um you know playstation now with the cloud gaming there and whatever it is that sony does with cloud gaming in the future it just i will never see it and that's a huge shame because i think that it was ahead of its time and now is the moment for something like that uh granted it's still tough the only thing holding it back i'd say is it's still tough when you have a system like the switch which is a two-in-one right which can be docked like that i think it is kind of a tough market to sell a dedicated handheld like that i mean you yeah. even look at the steam deck which is trying to which is or yeah I, no steam, steam deck, deck you got steam it right deck. okay all right uh, which also has the ability to be put in a dock of sorts and be a uh, dock console on a monitor as well and so I think that's the only thing that might hold something like that back. But I would love to see them take another crack at it. Yeah, it would be nice. Not this VR future that everybody seems to want. Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of VR, man, uh, we don't have it up here, but that Resident Evil 4 game comes out next week, next Friday. They got on three major Oculus Resident Evil things coming out, I think. Um, there's the VR, there's that show... And forgetting one other thing. I mean, there's the movie and the show. Uh, there, oh, yeah. I'm probably missing yeah. the movie. That's the one. Yeah. The movie is the one that that terrible trailer came out for. It looks bad. I'm going to oh, go I see it. Not, I, yeah. I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, it uh. looks bad. You got to go see it. Uh. Uh. All right. Ooh. Well, listen, that wraps up the news and that wraps up our podcast for this week. Blah, you want to let people know where they can follow you and follow the site? Yeah, you guys can follow me over on Twitter at Bilal underscore Mian and on Twitch over at Night Mystic. Though, let's be honest, if we're going to be streaming, it's usually off the WorkPrint Twitter account. Uh, you guys can always find uh, the, the WorkPrint um, articles and stuff over at theworkprint.com or on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and Twitch uh, at the WorkPrint. Uh, the WorkPrint, depending on <laughs> what you're looking at. Um, we have... I'm going to try covering the new season of Dexter. Uh, I know it's a tall order. might be short reviews. Uh, very curious on what that show looks like going forward. We have um, Christian covering that new zombie series on sci-fi. Uh, she has, I think, a review, and we have, I think, an exclusive clip going up uh, tomorrow. Thank you, sci-fi, for that. Uh, and then the weekly reviews there. We have what we do in the shadows reviews going up. I know Norton is also doing a new feature for the site where she's basically rating, giving her opinion on shows after three episodes. So on brand new shows uh, that have premiered this fall. Uh, so definitely, uh, I think she's calling it three episodes in. So definitely check that out as well. Uh, it's exciting stuff. I think television's finally back. Movies are back. I just finally saw the new Bond movie over the weekend. And then they got Dune, Eternals coming up. So it, it, it's a great time uh, in the entertainment world. Um, and, but Rob, what about you? What can people yeah, do? Yeah, uh, you can follow me at SunnyVice20, S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0 across pretty much every social media platform. But continue, like you said, follow the WorkPrint's social medias because even when I stream, uh, Bilal usually does a great job of putting out a post on there as well. Uh, I do put it on my channels, but follow them both. Why not? Don't forget to follow the stream itself over at twitch.tv slash theworkprint. Keep notifications on. Like I said, we 
tend to be a little bit more sporadic when we stream. Both of us have, you know, uh, lives, right? We have lives. And so it's not as easy for us to kind of hop on in game. So it does become a situation where we get it in when we can. I was uh, trying to do three streams over the last two weeks. And I just, I got to, I got to the end of the night and I was like, oh, well, that time went away. Uh, and I've actually finally come to the decision of like, if I need to game, it's going to have to be after midnight for an hour and two. And I'm mm -hmm. going to have to just take that sacrifice of just spending time to play something. Otherwise it's going to be me going, yeah, I didn't play anything this week because I have a TV. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, yeah. if you don't play anything, you don't play anything. Our podcast is a little bit shorter. I'm sure people, some people will enjoy that. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. I also saw the new bond. Uh, me and Bilal are going to talk about it a little bit after this, I think. Yes, but we will. Until fathers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as always, thank you guys so much for listening, for tuning in. Um, best way to support us, if you like what we're doing, is to let other people know and recommend us to your friends, leave reviews, and come in and, and hang out with us when we're streaming games and tell us what you do and don't like about the podcast. I always had this vision for the podcast itself where any changes we made and any growth we made were also based on feedback. You know, we want to do, and we want to hang out and talk about games. That's the main reason that we do this, but we also want to entertain you. So for instance, if you would like us to go more in depth with some of these new stories, we can go more in depth with that. If you want us to talk more about the games we've been playing and our impressions on that, we can do more of that, you know? Um, so let us know. Until next time, bye-bye.